Dog here. Don't pretend like you don't know who I am. And welcome to another edition of Wrestling Merchandise and Memories. Wrestling Merchandise and Memories is, of course, brought to you by CanadianBulldogsWorld.com, your scrapbook for wrestling merchandise and memories. I am joined, as always, by my cohort, by the broadcast journalist himself, this piece of trash, Stu Stone. <laughs> That's what I get now? <laughs> Episode three, was, piece of trash? You, you've, you've earned it, buddy. Wow. How are you doing? Not, but not good now. I'm a little heated. Uh, boy, we're coming off a historic edition of the Wrestling Merchandise and Memories podcast, of course, episode one. If you haven't heard it already, the complete history of LJN Wrestling Figures, the WWF Superstars of Wrestling line of uh, action figures. Sure. We talked about every single figure in the line. And of course, last month, or sorry, last episode, you surprised the world. You shocked the world when you unleashed three, not one, not two, but three issues of Wrestling All-Stars Heroes and Villains magazine from 1987 and 88. Awful, awful magazines and probably uh, made for a hilarious uh, podcast episode. Um, That's what I was going to say. I mean, like, you know, our pain made for your gain, and we got some great feedback from that one. If you're into old school wrestling and if you're into 1984 to 1999, this is probably your slice of cake. Absolutely. So we're going to continue along that vein, but do something a little bit different. Okay. It is now the the 30th anniversary. Oh, no. uh, Yeah, of a cinematic classic, a classic that I should add that you and I actually both saw in the theaters together some 30 years ago. We did. And I can only be talking about No Holds Barred. Wow. Yeah. So let's go back because there were not any wrestling movies at that point. None, None of note. I mean, you had your your body slam or your I like to hurt people. Grunt, the wrestling movie. Grunt, the wrestling movie with another one. Um, but there was nothing really mainstream for us, Marks, until Hulk Hogan came along. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess the first time we would have seen wrestling in a mainstream movie like, you know, that we would remember would probably be Rocky Three, where you had Hulk Hogan showing up there to, to uh, throw Sylvester Stallone into the front row. But that was just like one right, scene. Right, right. But this was an actual wrestling movie, and it was starring Hulk Hogan in the prime of Hulkamania. It was the reason, likely, why Hulk Hogan lost the title to Randy Macho Man, or why they gave Macho Man the title, so that Hogan could go film this movie. And um, No Holds Barred, starring Hulk Hogan, Zeus, played by Tiny Lister, and, of course, Mr. Brell, who's played by the lovable Kurt Fuller. I have no cheat sheet here, by the way. I am just saying this from knowledge. Yeah. So Veteran actor who appeared in such films as Ghostbusters, as well as Annie. Uh, that's probably about it. And now he's he's the main heel in uh, No Holds Barred. So tell me, like, leading into the movie... What were your expectations like? Because the WWF promotional like machine was in like overhype mode for not just weeks but like months and months ahead of this film. I was I could not wait to see this movie. I thought it was going to be the greatest fucking thing ever. Um, Hulk Hogan starring in a movie. I mean, come on. They they showed ads in the WWF magazines. In on their weekly programming, there was behind the scenes stuff. There was photos. We knew nothing about what the plot was, other than like the trailer, which was like there's going to be a, some sort of a match with no holds barred 
where Hulk Hogan's going to fight some monster that I remember I remember the trailer vaguely but like uh you know like what's that smell? Dookie Dookie Yes, we will get to some of the the, the key uh, dialogue for sure. But um, so I remember it was basically the WWF's version of Rocky. That's how they were marketing it. Whether that's you know true or not, it was like Hulk Hogan, the ultimate action hero, uh, battling against like an unstoppable heel in in Zeus. So you you automatically wanted to see it. Yeah, and I think Hulk Hogan had a brother named Randy. Who's like in a wheelchair, maybe? Yes, that's correct. Well, towards the end of the movie. And like Zeus beats him up or kidnaps him. And like Joan Severance is in it. And she was like from like like Richard Pryor, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. She plays like some sexy siren that works for the station. That maybe Hulk like has a thing for. I I don't know. Way ahead. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. So so we start off where Hulk Hogan is the, the WWF champion in the film. Rip. Yes. And there's been a lot of um, debate online. What's his name? Like Rip? Rip what? So that was the debate. Like some people said his name was like Rip Roram. Oh, uh, Rip Roram. Rip Jackson. Rip Hogan. I don't think there was any uh, name. Like certainly not. We could check this on IMDb, but in the film, there was never any last name for him. I'll look that up while you continue. And so in the opening moments, you have Rip. Uh, taking on um, basically a bunch of jabronis. Uh, you had like demolition acts without his like, face paint Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Spoiler alert, yeah. Um, but he was basically, he was defending... Did he take the- on Kamala too, or is that a different movie? That's a different... I think you're thinking of Mr. Nanny. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, basically Hogan was taking on somebody in, in a WWF title defense, and they acknowledge it as the WWF champion. It was the only difference is that Hulk Hogan had a different color shirt. Instead of having the red and yellow, it was like blue and white. Um, you even had Mean Gene and Jesse Ventura calling all no the No last name, person. just Rip. There you go. Thank you. I've waited 30 years. That's that's the podcast right here. Digging you know, deep between below the layers to, rip. to find things. That's all yeah. it says. <laughs> what a character. Um, it's also worth pointing out that this was written by Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. Oh, they wrote this together? They did. They did like a bunch of uh, hard 80s drugs and wrote this movie? They stayed in a hotel room. They locked themselves in basically until they had, they had written the script because... Three hours later, they came out. <laughs> but apparently, someone else had written the script initially, and McMahon thought this was no good. This was garbage. So they came and did their own sort of treatment to it. Uh, Vince McMahon... Didn't who had, he pay for it? Didn't Vince bankroll this movie? He did, Yes. Uh, years before WWE Studios, I wonder this if it is, made money. It had to uh, have. You're you're the guy with the IMDb open. Let's let's see. Um, but essentially, it had Hulk Hogan as Hulk Hogan. He was the unstoppable, you know, ultimate babyface champion, American hero. He had his his brother in the wheelchair, as you mentioned, uh, and he was like fighting for the rights of every man. He was signing autographs for like Howard Stephen Finkel Mars. was in the movie. He's probably the ring announcer. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so he was he was the, the champion to, to end all champions. He was Hulk Hogan playing Hulk Hogan. And at that point, we were introduced to Mr. Brell. Jockass. <laughs> played by Kurt Fuller, who played Mr. Brell. I can't take... I'm sorry, I can't take this check, Mr. Brell. So Brell... Uh, He's trying to pay off Hogan to yeah. like be his champion and... Hogan doesn't want to 
leave WWF? Is that what the gimmick is? So my theory is that they wrote Mr. Brell as Ted Turner. And he was trying to lure Hogan away from the WWF to this other outlaw wrestling organization. And so, as you as you pointed out, he would not take the the check from Mr. Brell. And can you do that impersonation again? I thought it was masterful. I'm sorry, I can't accept this check, Mr. Brell. Jackass. <laughs> so Brell did not take it well, and then he sabotaged. His name is Rip Thomas. So there you go. There's, there's another. That's a whole other last name. They never say Rip Thomas. Rip Thomas, right here. I mean, that's just someone's opinion, I guess. Until we get no holds barred, the screenplay, like I don't think we're ever going to know for certain. But I believe in having watched the movie like three hundred times. I'm pretty sure it's just Rip. Um, so so basically, at that point, Mr. Brell cannot buy Hogan, so he has to create his own promotion again. That's Ted Turner. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear some fun facts? I really do. Uh, the movie was produced by Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon. So Hulk produced it too. I wow. didn't know that. Uh, it was distributed by New Line Cinema after completion. When the first draft of the script was turned in, Hogan and McMahon disapproved of it, so they checked into a hotel, as you said, and stayed up for 72 hours rewriting the script together. <laughs> uh Here's a goof. The credits are said to be listed in order of appearance when they're actually listed in order of importance. Two alternate. There's an alternate ending to the movie. You didn't know that, did you, Bulldog? I did not know that. In the theatrical version, the film ends with a shot of Rip alone in the ring giving the Rip'em sign before fading out to the end credits. In the home video version, the film ends with a shot of Rip and Randy hugging each other in the ring. Clearly, I need that, that Coliseum home video to, to check that out one day. Yeah, um, they did actually. I want to say like almost ten years ago, they re-released it, money. it on DVD as like almost like a joke on the on the industry. Eight million dollars was the budget, and it made sixteen million. Wow, that's like Ico Pro money. That's, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Um, Hulk Hogan's finisher, by the way, was not the leg drop. They used an axe handle instead. Oh right! Just just to make it just a little bit differently. Yeah. Um. So we're we're on to Brell at this point, and how he's uh, hell bent on creating his own wrestling company, much like Ted Turner, but he can't do it in the traditional way. So he goes to like a bar, where they bump into like Stan Hansen. Um, oh really? Yeah. And have you have you seen the movie? I forgot or? about that. <laughs> right. Stan Hansen. Yes. Yeah. Um. And they find it's basically a tough guy challenge in this like dilapidated ring in the middle of uh, in the middle of a bar. They have like a live network special. So I guess the Clash of the Champions, more or less. And all of a sudden, Zeus comes from out of nowhere and literally kills all like uh, Stan Hansen and and uh, who's the guy who played Bane? The wrestler. Yep. You know who I'm talking about. Yep. Big Bill Jeep Swenson. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. So Hanson and Swenson, and he beats. Them. <laughs> okay. He beats them all up, and then he's he's hungry. Much better episode than the Wrestling All Stars magazine. We're already there. Yeah, yeah. We're already uh, breaking new ground here, and uh, essentially, Brell has his new handpicked champion. Now he just has to get Hogan's attention. At the same time, uh, Hogan's company hires a business manager who is uh, Joan. Severance. But is that is that her gimmick name or is that her No, that's her like real name. What was her gimmick name? Her in name the in the movie? 
I was busy pulling up uh, reviews of the movie to read. It was like Sarah or something like that. Something like generic. Can't accept uh, his check, Mr. Brell. <laughs> uh, she played Samantha. Thank you, Samantha. Yeah. So at first, uh, Samantha and Rip do not get along, uh, even though they're forced to share a room at some point. Uh, they were. They drew like a boundary between the two of them that like, like I think they ended up line. crossing. Yes. And they rolled into bed together and they fell in love. Yeah. The the other um the other scene that like formative scene at that point was the diner brawl. Do you remember that at all? No. I'd like to hear about it. So this is when some no good nicks like came into the diner and started throwing things and tried to get Hogan's attention and Hogan started throwing like bar stools at them and uh saved the day. And that's when Samantha first fell in love with him. Oh. Uh, did I, I skipped total because this is there's no format sheet here, obviously. Uh, I skipped all over the limousine scene. Um, you alluded to it earlier. Do you want to get into that? Uh, yeah, I think like Hogan takes gets a limo sent for him, right? This is after the failed contract signing with Brell. And then he gets in a fight. Or the limo driver like drives into like some parking lot to like get beat up, right? Yes. And then Hogan ends up beating the shit out of all these guys and then grabs the limo driver. The limo driver shits himself. And Hogan says, what's that smell? And then the driver says, Dookie. And he goes, Dookie. And then he, th- I think he throws him uh, onto the fucking thugs. Now, as a six-year-old watching this movie for the first time, like, were you, did you find like the Dookie jokes funny? No, I thought the movie was terrible. Uh, when I was a kid, I did. I thought it was a bad movie. Like, I was able to recognize that it was a bad movie, but I still liked it because, as we've stated every in every episode of this podcast so far, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, bad wrestling is still good wrestling. Like, it does not matter as long as it's wrestling, you love it, and you've got your memories, and you've got your memories and your merchandise. Yeah. Uh, it turned in, this thing steamrolled into a huge deal. Like Vince did not let it go to his credit. Uh, it wasn't a big box office. Um, you know, it didn't destroy at the box office, and Vince sucked this thing for every penny he could in the smartest way. I mean. You know how he made his money? He turned it into a pay-per-view where it was no holds barred, the match, the movie. That was like, we're going to talk about that like 20 minutes from now. Ah, uh, my bad. <laughs> Again, we don't have any, any format sheet here. It's all good. Do you want me to just read it's a review right. real quick? <laughs> sure, go for it. Here's a review from the New York Times. And this is original. (laughs) Yes. In No Holds Barred, Hulk Hogan's first feature film, the blonde, mustached wrestling idol plays a professional gladiator who is so ferocious he can reduce a gymnasium to rubble in five minutes flat. So sensitive that he spontaneously bursts into tears after his little brother is beaten up. The fact that nothing about Mr. Hogan really adds up up no doubt helps account for his popularity. His sober speaking voice outside of the ring does not match his wild roars when doing battle. The amused gleam in his eye hints at a canny intelligence behind the sinew and sweat, and his exaggeratedly stagey bouts make only a token attempt to look real. More than Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Hogan behaves like a self-invented comic book character sprung to life. No Holds Barred, which opened yesterday at the Criterion and other local theaters, is as cartoonish as its star. Hulk Hogan plays Rip, a wrestling star who incurs the wrath of Brell, Kurt Fuller, the president of the World Television Network, after he has refused to sign with the network. Brell cooks up a fight till you drop series called The Battle of the Tough Guys, 
whose winner week after week is a cross-eyed psychopathic killing machine named Zeus, played by Tiny Debo Lister. After Zeus injures Rip's younger brother, Rip finally accepts the challenge to appear on the show in a fight that Abrel, that Abrel attempts to fix. Right. So that's where we didn't get to yet. Abrel tries to give him a check to pay him off to lose the fight on purpose. And Hogan says, I can't accept this check, Mr. Abrel. Jockass. Right? Yes. I, I don't know. The most amusing scene in the movie is one in which the tele- television executives visit a dungeon-like wrestler's saloon in which all conversation is roared. The waitresses have blackened teeth. And at any moment, the exuberant battles being waged on all sides are liable to land on an unconscious body in one's beard. Beer. No Holds Barred is PG-13. It has moments of mildly off-color humor. When Titans clash, anything goes. No Holds Barred. Directed by Thomas Wright. Blah, 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 blah. It doesn't have like... That's not really a good review to read. I apologize. Do you want me to read the Washington Post? Sure. <laughs> This, this is, is like re- the No Holds Barred of Wrestling Podcasts, I think, at this point. This review is written on June 8, 89 in the Washington Post. No Holds Barred is Hulk Hogan's big screen debut. Unless you count those endless closed circuit showdowns. This is guy's wrong because Hogan was in Rocky Three. You're right. No Holds Barred is Hulk Hogan's big screen debut. Unless you count those endless closed circuit showdowns that have made him the world's best known pro wrestler his performance is as dreadful as one might expect from a man with such limited skills outside the ring made worse by a story that is once more obvious and less inspired than your average wrestlemania script while the hulkster himself does little damage to his sterling image there's a distressing amount of violence throughout the film some of it is directed at the few women characters including poor joan severance who must suffer a double indignity of portraying hulk's girlfriend and his enemy, Stooge. Most of it centers on Tiny Lister, who portrays Zeus, a convicted killer, evil incarnate, who will eventually confront Hulk in the ring. He's so nasty, vicious, and a dozen similar negatives that any possible humor or sense of character is overridden. Why is it that the exaggerated bad guys of so many lousy films are usually the only blacks in such films? Wow. Progressive. Thanks to a script that seems to be a collaboration between Hulk Hogan's publicist and Hollywood hacks who somehow missed Rocky and its <laughs> and its progeny, we are led to believe Hulk is a much beloved world champion. Seems like Hulk's also a man of his word, committed to appear on one network, but co- coveted by a sleazy competing network. The head of that network, the sleazy Kurt Fuller, organizes counter-programming in the form of a $100,000 battle of the tough guys. No ring, no ref, no rules. In a series of brawls taking place for some odd reason in the dingy steelworks, Zeus makes quick and nasty work of assorted bullmen. Then he beats up Hulk's brother, sending him to the brink of death and naturally arousing Hulk's ire. Is there a showdown in the works? Will ring domination shift back and forth like a ping pong ball? Will the evil network head get his? Will people be able to stifle their laughs watching the barely credible Hulk get romantic? And how about those big screen cheek flutters and awesome dead eye stares? Or in the case of Zeus, cross-eyed stares. Charmless, stupid, and badly made. No Holds Barred makes Rocky look like Citizen Kane. It's a pretty uh, compelling review. Um... What, what Sorry, I, man. <laughs> we're gonna read some uh, ads from Craigslist now for for the next little while. Um, what I, what I do want to get into though is the final fight scene. 
we've we've skipped way over the rest of the plot and there, there wasn't that much plot to begin with what did you think of basically this the biggest match in professional wrestling history in this like little mirrored room that reminded me of your basement growing up yeah um why, why did the final fight have to take place there I honestly do not remember. It has been so long, but I I do I think like doesn't like Hulk Hogan throw like a a barbell like through the mirror and break it or something. Different scene, but yes, yeah, different that's scene. That's when uh, Zeus is playing mind games in Hogan's gym. Oh, is that what's going on? Yeah, I think. Did you just watch this recently? No. So, <laughs> so wait, how, what, what's the final fight? Take me, remind me. The final fight is Hogan versus Zeus. Sorry, Rip Thomas. <laughs> versus Zeus Johnson and uh, they're in like I said in this, <laughs> Zeus this <little> Johnson <laughs> Zeus Goldfarb um, this little like small room where uh, Joan Severance gets kidnapped on the way to watching the show and I think the wheelchair brother is also kidnapped if, I, if I'm not mistaken I really should have watched this before the podcast and for some reason, Hogan is giving such, sorry, Rip is giving such a beating to Zeus that Mr. Brell has to go into the control room and try and overthrow the power, and that's when he gets electrocuted and dies. Oh, is that how that happens? That's what Wait, happens. doesn't Hogan throw like a rod that goes like all the way through the control window and something like that? Maybe. <laughs> Am I mistaken? I'm trying to look this up. We're going to have to do a watch along next time. But I do remember the climactic scene is Hogan body slams Zeus through the ring and then the ring collapses. And it was like this almost like this TNA octagon ring. It wasn't like a normal wrestling ring either. Oh, it was an octagon. It was something like that. Yeah. My memory's not super clear on on what went down. Um, but the bottom line is the good guys won. Uh, Rip got his his girlfriend back and his, his brother back and all of this good stuff. And everybody lived happily ever after. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm not sure how I can follow that up exactly, but the Dookie scene is a classic one. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Oh my god. Um. That is legitimate theater, my friend. Um, one thing I, you you were talking when you went all over the place earlier is how they promoted this beyond the actual movie and into real life and into eventually into a pay per view. They had to create Zeus as an actual character in in the ring. Yes, I believe he was uh, the very first SummerSlam, which would Second. have been some. 
The second SummerSlam? Second, SummerSlam 89. SummerSlam 89, my bad. Hogan and Macho. No. It was Hogan and Beefcake against Hogan Macho and, Man Hogan and, and Beefcake against Macho and Zeus. That was the SummerSlam main event? Yes. And there was also the pay-per-view? Yes, like six months Oh, later. no, 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 no. I think you're wrong. I'm not wrong about that. I may be wrong about this entire plot of this entire movie and every wait. Like, Summer scene. Sl- wait, let's see. SummerSlam '89 main event. Yes. So you're telling me that the same main event from SummerSlam '89 is the same match that was headlined that pay per view? Yes, I am. And not only that, but you had to buy the movie on pay per view yes. to watch it again just to see the cage match between the same teams at like a house show. Yeah, I guess it is Hogan and Beefcake. Hmm. There you go. Wow, I would have got that wrong. <laughs> um, but it, it it is very interesting how they were able to sort of merge their like the real world with the the movie world for like half a year at least, and sort of keep that that character going. He even he showed up on Saturday Night's Main Event. He showed up at the Survivor Series with uh, with DiBiase's team. It was uh, an enduring character. This is the, the official song. Yeah, this is the song from the movie. Sorry, and it's it's like the same tune as like Pile Driver. Pile Driver, yeah, you're right beside her. Your heart's on fire, got you on fire. No holes barred. Oh, sorry, that's not. That's got nothing to do with no holes barred. My bad. It's the greatest tag team in sports entertainment history. Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake collide with the Macho King Randy Savage and the human wrecking machine Zeus inside a steel cage where there will be no holes barred. That's the match and, of course, the movie. One of 1989's biggest hits starring the World Wrestling Federation champion Hulk Hogan. Plan to see it on Wednesday, December the 27th, exclusively on pay-per-view. On the subject of the match, right now let's hear from Macho King, Randy Savage, this and his good. tag team partner, <laughs> Zeus. Oh, yeah. We feel it home around this steel cage. Yeah. And Zeus is the biggest and the strongest and the baddest dude ever to walk the face of in the steel cage. <laughs> yeah. And Brutus the Barber Beefcake, a secret weapon torpedo one. When the Macho King stands on top of the scriptionalized steel cage. Yeah. Yeah. Feel good. Uh, and I'm dangerous. Yeah. We're good at getting Sounds amazing. The greatest tag team in sports entertainment history. It's No Holes Barred, Wednesday, December the 27th, and you can see it on pay-per-view. Call your local cable system right now. With update, I'm Gene Okerlund. 
I know that a couple of days after Christmas, the one thing I wanted to do is watch I the did. entire movie. I definitely watched it. Did you? Yeah. All right. Who won? But didn't it end in a DQ? <laughs> like the no holds barred match? And it was like, so. had no? I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen it, to be honest with you. It's one of those few like WWF pay-per-view matches I never watched, but. I can't imagine Hogan and Beefer didn't go over in a big way. Well, here's what Zeus had to say about No Holds Barred. Uh, I think you're going to want to hear this, if I'm not mistaken, Bulldog. Uh, let's take a look at uh, courtesy of the Hannibal TV. <laughs> for uh, No Holds Barred, how did you end up getting the audition for that one? Peter, I, I was just going over to Peter. Young. Now I'm with Gloria. Damn, Danny Trejo and uh, Emilio. What? From, from uh, Mayans. Um, but Peter handled me by for 30 years of my career. I've been in the business about 35 years. So I was going to him and they gave me little notes. So when I was training, I was only 282. The fuck is he talking and, about? And I, you know, got all the stuff and got jacked up to about three ten. I was they never seen nobody body trip the way my body trip. My body went crazy when I got all the stuff. But when I went in, I went in as Zeus. I went bare chested, pumped up. I was doing my push ups in the bathroom, baby all up. I had a Z drawn in my head and I walked in with the boots. I had the boots already made. What? I went to Chambers. Chambers is the number one um, shoe store in LA that makes that makes everybody stuff all the celebrities so Chambers made the Zeus shoes and Vince kept the ones they made and put implemented in the film but y'all walked in as Zeus so everybody was auditioning all these black guys was auditioning I even heard there was even auditioning white guys at the beginning but you know this is what I learned about life two white guys fighting or two black guys fighting don't make no money a big white guy and a big black guy you see what happened with Mayweather yeah, and McGregor. McGregor. What what is going on here? Both of them made. It makes it, we live in a, a very crazy country. Did you know much about wrestling before that? Didn't know a damn thing about it. Yeah, really? I remember this. <laughs> Vince McMahon is the best. What? At negotiating too. <laughs> so Vince, let me tell you what Vince did. Oh, he had $350 in the bank. But I didn't want to Seriously, do no, what is want to touch going no on dude. here? I don't want no dudes be sexual me, man. Grab me and leave my crotch and stuff. Chris puts the money in the bank account. <laughs> you know how hard it is to take money out the account, put out your bank account. I had, I had to pay rent. My house note was $1,630, y'all. I had a four-bedroom house with a jacuzzi. I was in college, you couldn't tell me that. I was I had too bad. I, I was happy. And Vince, but my car, my payment was coming up. And so Vince put $65,000 or $75,000 in my account. And then, call, then called me on a three-way with my agent. They had us all called into it at that time, Peter Young. He said, man, well, you, uh, you want to do this for me? I ain't doing no, I ain't touching no dudes, man. What you talking about? He said, you got, well, you got to pull that, that, that 75000 out that account and give it back to me. Shit, what do you want me to sexual rest? Let's go, man. What? It's like, he's the greatest negotiator. 
What is he talking about? Is he saying when Zeus was paid for like sexual favors? Was it always understood then that you were going to have some matches after the movie was over? <clears throat> we were just doing a movie. We were doing a movie. So he used the matches to promote the movie. He actually did give a... To make sure the... the right. Call it All right. I mean, there you go. There's a little courtesy of our friend uh, Hannibal. What the hell was that? Zeus being interviewed about No Holds Barred. I thought you'd want to know. <laughs> My bad. Well, um, to 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 taper off this this uh, train wreck of a podcast. I don't think it's a train wreck at all. That was great. You're the only one that doesn't care what Zeus has to say. Very true. Um, if you could change one thing about No Holds Barred. I would probably like bar a few holds. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, what would you change? I mean, it's not a good movie. So I would probably change the entire thing. And I don't think, other than with the exception of The Wrestler, which is an amazing movie, there isn't a good wrestling movie. All the ones we've named at the beginning of the show, Grunt, uh, I Like to, to Hurt People, Ready to Rumble. These are all terrible movies. The Wrestler is amazing. Um... You know, is the could there be like a good campy wrestling movie? I would say Ready to Rumble is probably a good example of that. It's campy. It's sure campy. No, see, I think. Hey, are you looking for a little escape? The trailer. Day for a white wedding. That was Tony Schiavone, I believe. That was pretty bad. So. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying? I, I don't. I have no idea. I'm like so. <laughs> <laughs> no holds Dude. barred. We were talking about wrestling movies, and I said that, that the wrestler was the only good one. And I don't Oh, well, 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 hold on. I would say that. Beyond the Mat is a really great wrestling movie. But it's a documentary. And Wrestling with Shadows is a really good movie. But really, The Wrestler is the best one. Right. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. For it's sure. Like you agree with that. Barred. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I love The Wrestler. Um, what I was going to say, though, is I think if they made this more... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. If they made this more about like America versus Russia, something like that Rocky formula, I honestly think this would have been a better movie than it yeah. was. And it would, you know, 
you could have still had your Mr. Brawl. You still could have had your Dookie scene. You know, you just basically didn't have Zeus in this, but you had like Russian Zeus. I guess in 89, Russia wasn't the enemy anymore, though. Doesn't matter. I mean, that's what it would have taken. Needed like a f- America versus the world type of thing. It did. It's easy to get behind. It's not overly complicated. And I think this movie was overly complicated, even though it was basic as shit. A TV executive trying to counter program WWF success offers their biggest star, Rip, uh, a big check to come on over to their uh, league. And Rip says, go fuck yourself, Mr. Brell. I'm sorry, Mr. Brell, but I can't accept this check. Uh, and, and then he has to create his own counter programming. <laughs> then the enemy has to infiltrate. It's just like it's there's a lot going much. on. There is a lot going on. So uh, Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan, if you could go back 30 years, please. I think that's that's the one thing I would. Uh, but listen, the kid in me loved the movie. And even though I knew it was bad, I loved it. As I said earlier, I saw this movie opening day in the theaters. Was it opening day? For sure. Saw okay. I saw it. It was like a young. Uh, I want to say Young and Eglinton or one of these type maybe, of places, maybe. but it was like opening day, afternoon showing, and it was there was a lot of kids there. There was a lot of kids there, so it wasn't empty. No, definitely. And, we had the ripped foam fingers and uh, t-shirts <laughs> and everything. Um, who would you have liked to see from the WWF world in that movie? Um, back then, yeah, from that that roster. Whew. Uh, well, I can check Mr. Brell. Hmm. Maybe Vince himself. Vince would have been good in it. But he would have had to be the bad guy. Yeah. Which he probably would have hated because he saw himself as the, the good promotion. Right, right, right. Right. Uh, maybe she, Iron Sheik. I guess he wasn't there in 89. They uh, could have brought him back in for this, yeah. I feel. He's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Randy Savage, I think, would have been an excellent choice. Not to play the brother Randy, but to do some things, to stir some shit up somehow. Yeah, why didn't they have Randy Savage in this movie? Maybe they were thinking of No Holds Barred 2. Yeah, I'm surprised they never did a number two. Really? Yeah, I mean, knowing, you know, listen, he's doing XFL 2. Yeah. Why not No Holds Barred 2? Like, do the story 30 years later where, like, it's, like, Rip's grandkids. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's, like, son. I think that's the uh, that's the plot of Creed too. Yeah, that would be really funny if they did that. Like at least a fake trailer, like teasing it. So if anybody from the wrestling world that has any insight into New Line Cinema, or, or uh, old line cinema at this point, you know, let them know that they should do a No Holds Barred like at least parody trailer for the sequel, the squeakquel. No, No Holds Barred Two. Zeus never sleeps. No Holds Barred Two, like T O O, like No Holds Barred as well. No Holds Barred 2. WWE get on. They have their own studio, actually, come to think about it. They could Why just make this movie, that? yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or just do it with, like, John Cena. Like, the, just like a remake, a reboot. Just give him, like, the, the mustache. and He plays Rip, and then you have, like, you know, someone else plays Zeus. Brock Lesnar. Works for me. It's like a shot-for-shot remake. Or, like, do it with, like, Ronda Rousey and, like, Awesome Kong. I'd pay to see that. I'd watch I that. I'd, I think I'd watch that. Yeah, for sure. Um, any any closing thoughts on No Holds Barred, the match or the movie? Not a good movie. Not a good match. Um, nostalgia, a twelve out of ten. Uh, Zeus was the man. He ended up having quite a career after this movie came out. Of course, yeah, he was shoot star interviews. Of 
He's the star of Friday, uh, where he played Debo. But also, he was in uh, WCW many years later. He showed up. That's right. He yeah. showed up a Z gangsta and feuded with Hogan again. So he got his money's worth. Uh, you know, Tony Lister, Tiny Lister made his money. Wasn't it Tommy Lister, or am I making that up? I don't know. But he was. He made his money. That's my point. So God bless him. God bless America. God bless the Hulkster. Rip! God bless Rip Taylor. Rip Rogers. And Rip Thomas. And Rip Roram. And of course, Randy, his brother. And to the, the, the uh, super sexy and sultry Joan Severance. And veteran actor Kurt Fuller, who is also in the movie Annie. And, and Ghostbusters. House, Maybe. Kurt Yes, Kurt Fuller House. So that's it. Yeah, horrible movie. Horrible podcast, too. So I think... Uh, we, we I don't think this up. is a bad podcast. No, I'm kidding. Um, let us know what you want to hear about next. <laughs> is there going to be an episode four? I hope so. There will be. Okay, good. I get the network to approve it. Um, I can be found at CanadianBulldogsWorld.com or at Canadian Bulldog. The Schmender can be uh, found at, at Stu Stone. Yeah, that's true. Thank you and good night. Yes, thank you for listening. And shout out to Cable Guy Jeff. <laughs>